Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Greetings to those who watch below. Before we start today's video, as always I'd like to say a massive thank you to those who dwell below. Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Jess Black Curtain, Aztec Priest, and Lisa Watts. If you'd like to join them, make sure to check out the link in the description box below. Also below we have my new Teespring collection, featuring the channel's banner on the front and my famous sign-off on the back. Today we are going to complete our tour of Great Britain with some truly terrifying English paranormal encounters. An English Pub by Ben When I was about 15 years old, my dad became the manager of a pub. I won't say the exact pub, as he doesn't run it anymore. The pub is located near Sheffield in England, and is on a country road. The pub is converted from a farmhouse and barn. To get to the pub, you come off the country road and follow a small track, only about half a mile long, until you reach the car park. The first night we stayed there, we all slept in different rooms, as the pub was also a small hotel, with about six rooms spread over two floors. The first night, I stayed in room number three. When we started to go to bed, the family dog wanted to come into my room, and it lay on the carpet, and wouldn't move, even when my dad was shouting at it to leave. The dog did eventually leave to go and sleep in the corridor, but soon after my dad closed his door, I opened mine again to let the dog in. Now, this dog is a Rottweiler, with a head as big as a boulder, but the poor thing could not get any closer to me, and really didn't want to be on his own. I should mention that my parents divorced, and at the time I only saw my dad at the weekends. The next time I went to stay there, I stayed in room number four. Just to set the scene, if you come out of room number four, to the right is an emergency exit, with a push bar to open the door, which leads to the fire escape stairs, and to the left leads to a staircase, which leads to my dad's room, and a spare room that was not being used at the time for little more than storage. I wasn't comfortable at all in the room. I didn't want to turn the lights out, and tried to keep watching TV as long as I could. Eventually, around 3am, I turned the TV off, but kept the lights on. My dad had started leaving the dog in the pub area downstairs, and blocked the door leading up to the bedrooms. I think he didn't want any dog hair in the bedrooms, as he wanted to start letting guests stay in the rooms. Anyway, the dog was going crazy, barking non-stop. I was far too scared to go down and see what was up. I then started hearing the emergency exit bar on the door outside my room rattle, as if someone was trying to open it, but they were not pushing down hard enough to open the door. The next thing, I heard footsteps really loudly running, almost crashing down the stairs from my dad's room, and I saw shadows pass under the door of my room. I felt relieved. I thought my dad had gone down to go and see what the dog was barking at. The next day, I asked my dad what the dog was barking at last night when he went down, and what he said sent shivers down my spine. 
He said he had no idea. He never heard the dog and never went downstairs at all during the night. After some research, I found out that a woman many, many years ago had slipped on those stairs and fell down them, breaking her neck. She died instantly. One time, my dad's partner, her son and I, came home one night and the pub was in darkness, which frequently happened. The lights would go out all by themselves. And my dad, who was previously an electrical engineer and more than capable of rewiring a house on his own, couldn't figure out why. Anyway, we came home, and I can't remember why the pub was closed, but it was, and we just had a quick scan round to check no one had broken in. And right at the back of the small restaurant area, we could see a man, sat at one of the tables, just staring at us. He was solid black. Other things started to get lighter, like the flowers on the table, and the chairs, but this figure remained solid. We panicked and ran upstairs and stayed in one of the rooms until the lights came back on. It wasn't a burglar. The next morning we checked that everything was still there, and all the doors were locked. The kitchen area of the pub was a big room, which was the old barn, and that was the worst room of the house. You could constantly feel someone watching you, and walking past you. Whoever was watching felt angry, as if they were annoyed because you were there. No one wanted to be in this room alone. My dad had a few waitresses and bar staff leave, because they felt uncomfortable working in there. Again, after a bit of research, we found out that the farmer who lived in the farm hung himself in the barn, which is now the kitchen. And to be honest, I don't think he left. Objects would constantly go missing, spoons would turn up again bent out of shape, and the whole kitchen was cold. Even when we had the cookers on, we still had to wear jumpers in there. My stepbrother and a family friend were staying in room number seven, the storage room I mentioned earlier. During the night, one of them, Neil, thought that the other one, Jim, had gotten up and was leaning over him, as if to check he was okay. To make it a bit more confusing, Jim had thought that Neil had gotten up during the night and leaned over him. They both said that they were half asleep, but through their haze could see a figure standing above them, staring down. Neither of them fully woke up, but in the morning after comparing stories, they both said that they did not get up at all during the night. A few other things happened, such as a football coming rolling down the length of the pub to where me and my stepbrother were sitting. It literally then stopped on the spot about a foot away from us. No one else was in the building. The back door of the pub was locked at night, but every morning we would find it open, but the lock was still in the locked position. The actual bar that locks into the socket was still sticking out. There was no way it could have opened, as the lock was new and undamaged, but this kept happening. This started happening about a month before my dad moved out. Anyway, my dad eventually gave the pub up. His partner just didn't want to stay there. The dog was never the same. It became a very tame dog, but it did start to get a little better after my dad moved out. Paranormal Experiences in Bristol by Flowerpot87 I would like to share a few experiences I have had over the years. In my life I have lived in five different houses. Two have had no kind of activity, while three have been very active indeed. My first experience with the paranormal was when I was seven years old. My parents sent me to a local Sunday school, 
not because they are in the slightest bit religious, but because, as an only child, it was another way for me to socialise and make new friends. It was a beautiful spring day, and we headed out to the countryside to look around an old church called Pueblo, which is located in the village of Pensford, about 30 minutes from the centre of Bristol. At seven, I had a child's fascination with death, and would flit carelessly among the crumbling headstones, seeing how old people were when they died. I soon found myself away from the main group, and drawn to a bush in the older corner of the cemetery. I lifted the bush's back, and underneath was a small wooden cross, akin to what you would bury a pet with. Suddenly, my eyes lifted, and about eight metres from me was a brown hooded figure, clear as day and solid looking. I could make out his brown robe, but his face was obscured by the robe. I wouldn't describe it as a feeling of fear, more fascination, as I was rooted to the ground staring as he floated past and disappeared into nothing. I ran back to the group and told them what I had seen, but no one took it seriously, given that I was known for having an overactive imagination. Later, when I was nine or ten, my parents had split up, and my stepfather had moved in with us. We lived in a 1960s-style house, which had been built on uninhabited farmland, which would give no reason for anything of the paranormal to occur. Boy, was I wrong. I wouldn't call it a ghost, but more of a haunting. I could put it down to the in-between age I was at, and the emotional trauma of being separated from my father, but things started changing. As an only child, I had the largest bedroom to myself, which was beautifully decorated in a cheerful blue and yellow. It was a favourite hangout of my friends, and I would often have sleepovers. One evening, me and one friend were about to go to sleep, when an almighty knocking sound came from within the walls, and proceeded to continue for 15 minutes. Scared witless, we ran to my mum, who blamed the boiler. The boiler was nowhere near my room, and the sound came from within the walls where no pipes were located, so go figure. For the next year or so, when sat in the living room, we would hear heavy footsteps emanating from my room. However, as I got older and more settled, they died away. I always felt uneasy in my room. My third experience was the second flat I moved into with my partner. It was located on the first floor of an Edwardian house, and was our first proper home together. I loved the flat, despite the house being very dark with a bit of an atmosphere. At the time, my nan was very ill. We all thought she would pull through again, but working as a PA to a pathologist, I knew differently, and the night before she passed, I said my goodbyes. My boyfriend was on the early shift the next day, and left the house at 5.30, leaving me to have a lie-in. Shortly after, he left. I heard heavy footsteps coming up the stairs to my bedroom, heard my door open, and felt someone watching me. Thinking that my boyfriend had forgotten something, I turned to face him, and saw nothing there. The door too was shut. That was the beginning of a lot of extreme activity. I'd always felt uneasy in the bathroom, and would shower with the door open, as it felt like something was watching me. With my job, I was able to work from home occasionally, and one morning I felt a breeze come from the bathroom, swing right by my legs, and flutter the papers I was working on onto the floor. All the windows were shut. My kitten stared intently, and followed the breeze around the room before settling down again. 
The defining moment came one evening, when we had fallen asleep on the sofa. I heard a terrible groaning sound, like someone choking. Then I could hear a sound like sweet wrappers being scrunched up and battered around the room. Thinking it was my kitten playing with our chocolates, I sat up to chastise her, only to find her asleep on my pillow. That was the final straw for me. As it was winter and I finished work before my boyfriend, I got tired of wandering around our local supermarket or sitting in the pub waiting for my boyfriend to finish, as I hated being alone in the flat. I got my uncle involved who's a spiritualist and had been involved in clearing my friend's student flat. He came to my flat and straight away picked up on the fact that I had been uneasy in the bathroom. He told me I had an old man visiting who liked to use the bathroom as a throughway, like he had in life, to get from one house to the other. If I explained the layout, we lived in a terrace house. The next door house was not connected to ours at all. I laughed it off until my normally placid kitten started trying to attack my uncle as he spoke. I ended up having to lock her in the kitchen while she struggled to get out. The atmosphere was thick and the hairs on my arms raised. My uncle said the spirit had moved on and that we should not be scared as he was just passing by. I left the flat hurriedly with them that night and we moved soon after. The funny thing is, when I spoke to my landlord, he told me that yes, the two houses had been bought by an old man in the 1920s, and there had been a doorway in my bathroom before they were converted back some 60 years ago. Go figure. At 26, I now live in a beautiful Victorian flat, with a resident but not intimidating spook, who it seems I can feel. I don't run screaming from the house in terror, and it lives in harmony with me, my partner, and our now fully grown cat. One fifty AM by Bex's Cows Zero Six. What I am about to tell you is repeatedly witnessed by both me and my sister, but from other ends of the house. It went on every night for years. I'm not sure if it still does happen, but we now sleep through it, or it just stopped. Basically, every night at around 1.50am, I would wake up to someone walking along the corridor outside my bedroom. I could hear the footsteps very clearly. My parents' room is opposite my room, and pretty much all the doors squeak in our house as they're old. My sister has a limp, and her room is on the opposite side of the house so I knew that it was no one else in my family. The footsteps were heavy, and I could hear them clearly, even through my closed door. The footsteps would turn right at the end of the corridor, where my sister would begin to hear them. The footsteps would then appear to go through the locked front door, and we would hear a slight knock on the door, as if it had been jolted. We have a porch on our main front door, and a glass porch door. Both are locked every night without fail. In the porch is a wooden mailbox. It has a slot for the postman to post letters in, but a lift-up lid to get the mail out of. Every day after the front door knocked, my sister and I would both hear the lid being lifted and then dropped back down on the mailbox, as if someone was checking the mail. This is where I couldn't hear anymore, but my sister said that after a minute or so, the security lights would go on in the garden. She would hear something going through the bins and loud shuffling. She was always too scared to look, and so was I. 
There's no way a person could get through the locked doors without keys, and where my bed is, I can hear the keys being moved off the hooks and turned in the doors. There's no gateway to our back garden. The only way through to the back garden is via the garage, which has a really old electronic door that's so noisy you can hear it clearly from anywhere in the house, and will set the dog off barking guaranteed. And she never barked at these noises. One night, I can remember back in 2005, it was the usual 1.50am footsteps, but shortly after, someone or something began trying to get in the front porch door. It was pulled violently, and the handle was being yanked up and down frantically. The door was aggressively banged for about a minute, as if someone was just shaking and hitting it. I was terrified and lay in bed listening. My dog looked scared too and didn't bark, just lay on the floor growling. Normally, she would go under the curtain and look out the window as the windowsills are low in my house, but she didn't this time. After about five minutes, it stopped. I eventually went back to sleep. I have no idea what was trying to get in the door that night. I have no belief that it was a person or an animal. I think if it was a person, they would have knocked on my window as we live in a bungalow and my room is next to the front door. An animal would not be able to pull the door handle. Spooky Warehouse Incidents by Thero So, I've worked in a warehouse in the east of England for almost four years now. Since I've started working there, I've noticed a couple of strange things going on, as well as hearing from other people some strange events happening. I'll begin by explaining a bit more about the warehouse. It was built less than ten years ago, on farmland. As far as I'm able to research, there have been no accidents or deaths on the site, during the construction of the building, or since it opened. I have researched into the history of the land, which I'll talk about later. The warehouse is mainly one story, except for the front third, which does have a second floor, which is used for offices. The main part of the warehouse is open plan. So the strange incidents that I have experienced have occurred sporadically over the past four years. One of the most consistent things I have experienced is a sudden drop in temperature when in the warehouse. This happens in the central part of the warehouse, on the east or west sides. The main part of the warehouse has no windows, and the delivery shutters are on the north side, and some distance from the site where the changes in temperature occur. I would also expect to feel more of a draught or breeze if it was caused by the shutters being opened, rather than a noticeable shift in temperature. The second thing I've noticed, or rather felt, is the feeling I'm being watched while in the warehouse. This usually occurs when I'm by myself, usually after five o'clock, when the majority of the staff have gone home. I'm not the only one who seems to get this feeling. Many new employees, who haven't heard about these strange incidents, claim that they feel uneasy, and as if someone is watching what they are doing, despite no one being there. Now, I have asked my father, who works at the warehouse as a manager, if he has experienced anything strange as he has worked there since it has opened. One of the tasks my father has to do is survey the CCTV every so often. He says that occasionally he will see shadowy images on the recording. Usually they occur after the building is closed, after 2am, and the images are pretty fast. Since the security company that remotely watches the building after it has been closed for the day didn't raise the alarm, 
I can only assume that the sensors weren't triggered, indicating no one had entered the building. There was another incident my father spoke about which happened before I started working there. First I'll have to explain briefly the call-out system. As I've already mentioned, an outside company monitors the building once it is closed. There are two types of sensors, one on each of the external doors that is triggered should they be opened, and the other on the internal doors should they be opened. If the sensors are triggered, the security company has a call-out rotor, which is a list of employees that live in the local area. They call two of the employees, who then go and investigate. If an employee is on call-out that evening, they are not allowed to drink alcohol. Now, one April or May evening about five years ago, two of our colleagues were called out after one of the internal alarms were triggered. They walked around the outside of the building, and were satisfied that all the external doors were closed and locked, and none of the windows or delivery shutters had been broken into. They decided to enter the building and see what had caused the apparently false alarm. They checked the offices and found that they were okay, including all the internal doors. They then entered the warehouse. When both of them entered, they heard a woman singing, in a 40s or 50s style. They called for the person to identify themselves, but the singing continued. The two men walked to the east side of the building, where the singing appeared to be coming from. When it seemed they were getting close to the source of the noise, it stopped. They called into the security company to check the footage of the area in the entrance to the building. Nobody had entered or exited the building since the two men had entered, and no one was in the east side area. Please bear in mind that I know both of these men. Neither smoke, take drugs, or would not have drunk any alcohol that night, as they were on call. One of them is in fact teetotal. Furthermore, both are trustworthy, reliable individuals, who up until this point, didn't really believe in ghosts. Now, I have done some research into the local history of the area, and before the warehouse was built, an archaeological survey had to be done, a legal requirement in the UK. I was able to gain access to the original report, which says that the archaeologists found evidence of a post-Roman settlement, possibly Anglo-Saxon, with a possible burial ground. Unfortunately, due to the nature of the soil, which is very acidic, little evidence was found to fully prove that a burial ground existed. Another piece of research I have discovered was that between 1943 and 1947, there was an internment camp for German and Italian prisoners of war, just slightly west of the building. The Pub and Its Ghosts by Lauren Emma M. So, I work in a pub as a waitress. This pub is the Bell Inn, which is in Finden. It's the oldest pub in England, with a reputed license since about 1020 or something in the 1000s, so you can expect that there will be a lot of ghosts. Personally, I don't go around telling people I'm kind of a ghost hunter, because I would imagine some people would think it was weird, right? Anyway, I'm a big believer in fate, and trust me, I am very stubborn. So when I was desperate for a job, I was going through the yellow pages, searching online and asking everyone that I knew, even though my parents told me to stop. But I kept going and going, and came across the Bell Inn, and had never ever been there before, and me, being me, jumped to the job, and worked from the next day. On arrival, the pub from the outside doesn't actually look that good or big. However, when you open the door, you will be thrust into history, and could easily get lost. 
There are two entrances, and throughout this story, I'll be talking about the car park entrance, which takes you straight into the front bar. Standing behind the bar, there is another bar to your left and to your right, so the wooden bar makes a kind of U-shape, where there's no bar directly behind you. There's a door, which has a passageway with three doors, one for the owner's house, one for the kitchen, and the other to the cellar. In the kitchen there's another door, and when you open it, there are two rooms either side of you. One is the old barn, and the other is the main dining room. There's a small flight of stairs at the end of this main dining room, which takes you down to the left side bar, and then you simply follow the carpet round to the front bar, and so on. Now, customers are not allowed in the passageway leading to the kitchen, house and cellar. And now that's out of the way, I can begin, because those features are very important. So, a few weeks into my job, we have no customers for the first hour, so me and the owners, Jane and Derek, get talking. Jane and Derek are the nicest people you will ever meet, and to be honest, I had no idea that they were into ghosts and such. However, into our conversation, Jane mentions that they have had ghost hunters and paranormal researchers in the pub because of its haunted past, and they found the following. Two children, a boy and a girl, who were no older than five, who used to live in the house with their family, and their mother was a duchess. They called Jane the Duchess, apparently, and they liked to play upstairs and out in the passageway. A woman who likes to stand out by the girls' bathrooms, nice and tall in the corner, but she sometimes wanders around the bedrooms, and likes the smell of the flowers Jane puts in there. Also, there's an old monk who travels through the pub from time to time, and who likes to explore and they also captured a load of orbs on film and on pictures and stuff. After finding this out, Jane then went on to tell me her experiences with the paranormal at the pub, which are the following. While cleaning the kitchen one night, she went out into the old barn to put something away. When she turned around, there was a monk staring at me in the window. He must have been quite short, because she could only see his head. He was pale and staring at her, not moving, and remained there for a couple of minutes, and then the next moment, he was gone. And one night when she was sitting in the bar with the customers, the room suddenly went cold, and there was a man standing at the bar, totally out of the period. He was definitely a ghost. He wore a tall black hat and a black coat, and was drinking from an empty beer glass, and had a big bushy beard. Everyone she asked couldn't see him, and when she looked again, he was gone and they have heard so many noises in the day and night. Apart from Jane and Derek, the customers have had a lot of experiences too. On Saturday nights when I used to work, there were customers coming up to us and asking us if we had ghosts. And the man I was working with at the time, David, and I, said yes. And then the customers would tell us of the man with a beard that Jane had saw, and sometimes even the monk. No one has yet seen the children or the lady by the bathroom, but the bathroom door will open and then slam shut some nights, scaring us all. Now for my experiences at the fabulous pub. I can't remember the order in which they happened, but here I go. The one that scared me the most was when I was in the kitchen on a Saturday night. It was about 9pm and there were a few customers in the front bar and no one in the dining room or old barn, and Jane and Derek were in their house. David was in the bar, simply washing dishes, I heard a knock on the door leading to the old barn, which is heavy and wooden. It was so loud and made me jump. 
I turned around, and there was no one there. But it knocked again, and again. I got nearer to the door. It has a key and a lock in it, and you can't even tell that there is a lock or key from the other side of the door. And all of a sudden, the key began to turn, and it clicked as it became unlocked. And then the key and door handle jangled around for about 30 seconds, and there was more banging on the door, but softer. I was so scared, and when it stopped, I locked the door, and the key was freezing cold. It took me a while, but I gradually unlocked the door and went out in the old barn, but there was nothing there. The room was freezing. The old barn is by far the creepiest place in the pub. It was kept as a barn for ages before it was converted into a room, so I don't know what went on in that in there. However, there is something about it that makes shivers go down my spine, and I constantly feel like I'm being watched. Luckily, as I don't work on Saturdays anymore, I don't have to deal with the old barn much. But when I used to work there, I would hear footsteps treading around the fireplace on the concrete floor, and things would move past the windows. Between the dining room and the old barn, there is a wall with two archways in it, which have like curtains hanging between them. Often these would move, and sometimes shut themselves when they had been left open, or would open themselves after being shut. The lights would also turn themselves on and off, which was a pain because it was a trek to the switches. Another awful experience was in the main dining room on a Saturday night. I was cleaning the cupboards and it was dark, and I was on my own. There was no one in the bar apart from Jane, Derek and David. All of a sudden, there were loud footsteps creeping up the small flight of stairs from the sidebar, and they continued up towards me, and then just stopped, and the room went cold. There are various other small experiences as well. When in the bar, I have heard footsteps go across the passageway, and when I have been out near the cellar, there will be a lot of tapping and clicking, and recently, there was the sound of running and a cold breeze coming past me. The bar doors will slam on their own, as will the kitchen door and bathroom doors. I've been in the bathroom when there is a sudden smell of flowers, or something horrible. And I've been in the loo recently, when I heard the door open, and then the other toilet door open and shut. But when I've finished, there's no evidence of this, and no one has come in or gone out of the toilets. It is also constantly cold in the old barn, and often gets cold in the kitchen, and then becomes really hot. Also in the kitchen and old barn, I have been touched on my arm, which is freaky. There was also the sound of a dog growling once, which was really creepy, as there are no dogs in the pub at all. Sometimes, if you are in the front bar, you can feel something go around your feet. Jane says this is the children. Things go missing and don't come back for weeks, and then suddenly just reappear. In the house, there are reports of various shadow figures and footsteps, which can be heard even when everyone is downstairs. Jane says one of the rooms in the house is uncomfortable to be in, and things move about in the pub as well. Hi guys, thank you so much for listening to today's video. I really, really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to like, share, and also, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel, making sure you hit the notification bell so you'll know when the next video goes live on Monday. So, until next time, sleep tight.